Hi friends, this is episode 15 of Critical, the history of pro wrestling video games. I'm Mongo, I'm one of the two hosts of the show, alongside... You know, I listened to the intro for the show that you did last week, and I was trying so hard to remember like what you said never to call you, and I, I, I got a concussion on Thursday, oh, I don't remember. I called myself uh, the Big Dirty LB for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, I'm out of my mind. I'm joined by my co-host, the Big Dirty LB. Oh, How are you no. doing this week, bud? You know what? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Definitely a lot better than you. That sounded absolutely horrible, what you had to go through this week. Yeah, it was. Th- that's the second time recently you've, you've been able to be like, I'm doing better than you because you've, you've been <laughs> fucked up for the past week because I had COVID two weeks ago. And the, the concussion story, I'll, I don't remember a lot of it, to be honest. I remember I was on a rolling staircase at work taking down a fixture. And I went up. A st- oh, and by the way, I'm the taller of the two guys doing this, and they gave me the taller of the two rolling ladders. Of course, because that makes all the sense in the fucking world. I mean, realistically, if you put the other guy on the um, he, like he would have had a harder time because like I had to reach over the rail of the ladder to grab the fixture. Is how I remember this playing out. And I'm like, I can't get a good grip on it. Let me go up a step, and then like. The, I don't remember a whole lot after that. I don't remember getting injured at like my previous job where I had to do like I had to lift TVs and all stuff. The only time I remember getting hurt was um, leaving work one day and um, they had like a, a an ac- accessibility ramp at the back and um, it was very icy and I just like slipped and hit my head on the uh, the ramp. But other than that, I was okay. Oh man, so that actually happened to my mom a few years ago, like right at the start of the pandemic. No, right before the pandemic, because it was like February, some sometime in early 2020. She was um, she was sent to like take trash out back, and they didn't salt the fucking back way. Yeah. So my mom, who at the time was in her late 60s, she's in her early 70s now, obviously, uh, fell and smashed her head on the fucking concrete, and they let her drive home. Yeah, that's fucking that's horrible. Fuck the people that own the place where she used to work yeah seriously what like she came home and sat down and was like hey i fell and hit my head at work and i looked at her and i was like you fucking did what and she's like yeah they, they told me just to drive home and i was like jesus I, I'm, I'm sorry I, I think i need to go have a talk with these motherfuckers and mom just had somebody come take her to get checked out and then the dickhead doctor at the hospital in cold water don't 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 edit that out. I want people to know. Coldwater Hospital, fuck these people. Um, they did they didn't do any sort of head scans on my mom. They didn't do any sort of neurological test on my mom. They just were like, oh yeah, you're good. Take a couple of days off work, you'll be fine. Like I, I'm absolutely sure ridiculous. I probably told the story about how I broke my elbow on this podcast. Maybe I didn't. This wasn't work related. I was actually walking home from work, and it was um, freezing rain. There was like black ice on the the ground. And my apartment parking lot had like no lighting at the time at all. So I'm walking home trying to avoid the black ice. And of course I slip on it, fall. And I actually hit both my elbows. And I laid there for a second. I was like, and then I woke, I got up and I was like, fuck, fuck. And I just walked into my apartment and like, I think I took like a a Tylenol or an aspirin or something. And I was just like, like my elbows, my elbow hurt. One of them was the right one, the worst. But I was like, whatever. I'm going to bed. I don't want to deal with this. And I woke up the next day and like my elbow did not feel right at all. So I was like, I think I need to go to the hospital. So um, I went to the hospital and, uh, you know, they, they took a few, uh, they took an x-ray and stuff, but they were like, um, eventually they told me that there was no broken bones or anything. So they just said it was sprained and they, they put me in a sling. 
and um, then a few days later, I'm trying to work, and I, I just can't like, I can't lift my elbow properly, and it, it sort of snaps every time I try to move it. And this was also um, New Year's Eve, and I was going to a party that night, and I'm working, and I get a call from the hospital that I miss because obviously I'm working. So I call them back, and they're like, "Yeah, nobody called you." And I was like, "Well, the number's on my phone." And they're like, yeah, nobody called you. So I'm like, all right. So I go back to work. I get another call from the hospital. I'm like, well, shit, what the hell's going on? So I'm starting to walk home. And they left a voicemail. And they're like, yeah, actually, we took another look at it. And there is a small bone that's that's broken. And I was like, oh, great. So um, <laughs> ended up going to the party that night. And then, uh, yeah, I had to take... I didn't have to have any surgery or anything because it like sort of uh, healed itself. But it does snap sometimes. But yeah, that was the, that's the only bone I've ever broken. Yeah, that's so weird. They were like, "Oh, you sprained your elbow." Here's a sling. Like slings are for like, at least in my experience, like if you fuck up your shoulder, at least that's the only reason I've ever had one. That's that's so fucked up. Like they misread the X-ray. Like hey, you just sprained it. You're all right. Yeah, and Jesus, I had to get like a, a better sling on it, and um. The nurse at the hospital was actually annoyed that I went there. She was like, oh, you could have just went to the pharmacy. But, like, I think over the phone they told me, like, come to the hospital. And she was pissed off that I actually went to the hospital. The the nurses at that hospital are not very fun to deal with at all. I know it's a stressful job, but they always just seemed like they didn't want to do it anyway, so. I'm in a similar boat with the people I dealt with this week at the the hospital in the occupational health department. One of them was um, not... Like, it's, it's, I don't remember, like, Thursday's visit, but I remember Friday, like, I got asked my name, and I was like, uh, it's on the paper, and they're like, well, I want to hear from you, and I'm like, I told them my name. Then they asked me what the date was, and I was, like, trying to figure out in my brain, like, what the date actually was, and before anything happened, she looks at my mom, and was like, don't help him. I looked at my mom and I'm like, you were, what? I was like, it's the 10th, I think. And she's like, you're going to have to do better than I think on some of these. And I was like, fuck you. It's like you're being interrogated or something. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, I, And then the doctor walked in and I'm pretty sure it wasn't the doctor that I'd seen the day before. Because I'm pretty sure that doctor was the doctor I saw when I messed up my ankle. It was it was like a, a woman, and she's like, "Well, I I didn't examine you yesterday," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you didn't." No, <laughs> Doctor Torres sure looks different today. If that's the who I'm talking to, but um, they basically they they gave me like the full duty as tolerated. I got I got to tell this story, uh, real quick before we get to anything else. Friday afternoon after I leave the hospital, because they I guess they wanted me back the next day, because that's the only reason I would be at the hospital two fucking days in a row. I I. T- take my paper into work and I explain to the person that does the schedule, like, Hey, I have an appointment on this day. So I know a new schedule came out. I haven't looked at it yet, but if I'm scheduled past, you know, two o'clock or whatever on this day, like we need to figure something out for that. I get a call. We're back almost back to my hometown and it's my boss. Like, Hey, you know, you can work tomorrow. Right. And I was just like, Yeah. Yeah, they it says full duty on the paper. Did you did you not see it? And she was like, "Oh, I think I think the person you handed that to got confused because they thought you thought you couldn't work for two weeks." And I was like, "Like when I hung up, I was like, they really think I'm fucking stupid." 
Like, this conclusively proves that they think I'm a fucking moron. But, yeah. Uh, retail. You gotta love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, this quick story I'll tell for uh, uh, very quick. But um, when I was in... Uh, I was in New Jersey for WrestleMania. And, re- and this is regards to schedules. And uh, I'm sitting in a hotel room eating Five Guys. Was it Five Guys? Yeah, they have that in New Jersey, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, my cell phone goes off. And I'm like greasy and, and and like trying to pick up the phone i'm like hello and then i hear hello hello and i was like yeah and he, uh, the voice goes um this is so and so you're from work and uh, he's like you're you're a no call no show and i was like yeah i'm like on vacation <laughs> i was like i'm in new <laughs> jersey <laughs> and he's like oh did they mess up your schedule? And I was like, I guess so, because everyone knows I'm away right now. So he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, I can get on a plane, but I might be late. And it's like, oh, you're good. I was like, how did you not know? You're the one that I worked this out with. You should have known this. But uh, yeah, sorry, I can't come to work. I'm in another country. I always have a fear of that. Like, I when I was, um, when I was, uh, I started a, a newer job in like October of 2021 and I'd requested the, the dynamite that I went to in November off. And my manager at that store was kind of an idiot. And they had said to me like, I'll see you tomorrow on Tuesday. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that one, buddy. Pretty sure you're going to be seeing me like Saturday. Actually, no, I, I got Wednesday, Thursday. I had a dentist appointment on Friday and Saturday off. I was back Sunday. So I was like, you know, I'll see you Sunday. And they were like, uh, excuse me, you're here tomorrow. And I was like, mm, you need to go look at the schedule. Yeah. I'm always like, absolutely, like, no, I'm I, not. You will not see me tomorrow. <laughs> so I, I was like the whole day fucking waiting to get the call. Like, why aren't you in here? And I didn't, thankfully. But to get to the task at hand, we do <laughs> have a bit of a whopper of an episode. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the king of sports, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, nothing, nothing modern because we've had one New Japan game in the last fifteen fucking years, and it's Fire Pro. And we kind of did that. And we didn't really go in depth on Fire Pro World. We'll probably will eventually once you know I get brain rattled enough to want to talk about more games we've already talked about. And we didn't talk super in depth about World anyway. It's fine. No. Um, so we're we're going back to the 90s, which is kind of when the Japanese market exploded with licensed games. Uh, no licensed wrestling games on the Famicom, uh, which is one big way that Japan contrasts the U.S. The Famicom was super popular, did not have a licensed wrestling game. Instead, there were several games that had kind of sort of likenesses, obviously. Before we go into to the games of the week, should we talk about the news first? Oh yeah, I was just going to provide context, oh, sorry, but okay. I can always just do that in a minute. Yeah, that's fine. No, you're good. Uh, not a ton this week after like two whoppers in a row. Although I keep saying whoppers, I guess I'm a Burger King. <laughs> um, WWE 2K23 this week, a bunch of roster reveals. Bear with me as I load up Instagram to read them off. I'm sure this will be a tremendous audio. Um, we got Bianca Belair, Asuka, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Damian Priest, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. Um, they were announced 
six days ago, so that would be, that would make Monday. Uh, from NXT, uh, Nikita Lyons, which there's there's a comment to be made about Jiggle Physics needing to come back. I'm not mm. smart enough to make it. <laughs> uh, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, who we already knew was in the game, and whoever the fuck Grayson Waller is. They announced Grayson um, Waller, did they? We probably? did get a look at what He's we a, did yeah. get a look at Carmelo Hayes, uh, Zoe Stark, whoever she is. Was like also it. announced. She's good. I'm really just exposing that I don't, I don't fucking watch the product. Um, so they they did a thing where they revealed new faces. Now I want you to tell me out of the names I'm about to read off, who in fact is new to the series. Uh, the Bella Twins, Kurt Angle, Queen Zelina, Cody Rhodes, and Molly Holly. Almost certain every single one of those people have been in one of the games in this series before. I mean, you could make the uh, the argument the nightmare. The argument the American Nightmare version of Cody is new, but Kurt Angle has been in these. He was in these games as recently as like four years ago. The Bella Twins were in a bunch of these games. It feels like um, Zelina Vega was almost certainly in like 2K18 or 19. I feel like maybe maybe Molly is new, but even that doesn't sound quite right to me. I'm not sure. I think Zelina was supposed to be in one of the previous ones, but there was like something to do oh she got removed from last year's game yeah, right because yeah. of the whole like leaving due to yeah okay um they announced legends uh undertaker steve austin booker t lita beth phoenix and china we'd already seen china from the GameSpot preview event she has a terrible character model it's kind of a a shame and then two days ago they announced Roman Reigns, who we already knew was in the game. Ronda Rousey, who we already knew was in the game. Drew McIntyre, who we already knew was in the game. Uh, Liv Morgan and Gunther, which these are all these are all people we knew were going to be in the fucking game. Uh, they showed off like create a wrestler templates or some shit like that. One of which was obviously like Iron Man, but like red, white, and blue, and not even Iron Patriot, just like kind of Iron Man. Sort of the the Falcon looking. And, a little bit, yeah. I, uh, I I don't I don't really care. I I haven't touched the create mode in any meaningful way in these games in a long time because once it got away from and I know that I'm I'm gonna age myself super hard here. Um, once it got away from like I can just go look up a create a wrestler formula and basically tweak that to however I want it to be. I was just like I'll rely on community creations for this stuff because I. I I don't my my computer's not running Photoshop. That thing's a fucking eleven year old Toshiba. If I try to run like current Photoshop on it, that thing's gonna fucking implode. I'm just and it doesn't feel really bad. On. Creation, sorry, like I I can't compare to the things that people put on uh community creation. So why even bother, right? Like why would I take the time out to make a you know I don't know let's say Muta, for instance, when someone community creations is going to blow it out the water, you know? Yeah, I used to have fun with that kind of stuff, and, like, here comes the pain. Now yeah. I'm just old and grumpy, and I work full-time hours. I don't fucking have time to deal with that shit. The only um, one I make is myself, and oh, uh, that's about it. Was the War Games dev diary this week? I feel like we didn't talk about that last week. Yeah, hundred percent. That was this week. Yeah, because it was it was uploaded last Monday. What a novel concept! Um, uploading a dev diary showing things that you can do in a match and giving a detailed, in-depth description. 
right. of what you can do in, in a wrestling game. Uh, it's it's a very useful way to engage with the fan base, and maybe maybe that stuff's coming with the game we're going to talk about in a minute. I don't know. Um, I did I did like the in depth discussion of like the war games match and all the things that you can do and like the little the little clips of like you can do a springboard crossbody. It's not just a drop kick. Like the little like five second YouTube clips of like here's stuff you can do. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, I had I had a moment of clarity early last week. I think it was where I was like, oh, if they if, if the showcase leaks are true, we're getting O three Brock Lesnar in this game, and uh, I kind of feel like unleashing that that guy in a war games match. But I also don't necessarily feel like paying one hundred twenty dollars to do it because mm-hmm. if I'm gonna buy the game, I'm gonna buy the fucking game. I want all the content and. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll make maybe I'll make a real rash decision the week of the game's release, but I I don't know. The roster announcements don't do anything for me in terms of the legends. It's it's all people I've played as before, and it's all people I've played as in countless games. It's not like it's not like Kurt Angle being away for a few years means he's gonna like the character model looks exactly like it did before. It's just old man Angle in the O2 singlet with like a fucking he-man body and the move sets aren't going to be any better and i whatever it, it's not like sting in the fucking the AEW game or god forbid even owen hart where like i haven't played his own heart in a new wrestling game in like almost two decades i haven't played a sting in a new wrestling game since 2k20 and that game sucked ass and and it didn't really necessarily feel like playing a sting either i don't understand why he's had he had the tombstone as a signature for all those years when like he only really ever did it as like a counter just shitty move sets really shitty move sets and also like cool steve austin's in the game again i've played as him a million fucking times it's not gonna look like it's gonna look like old man steve austin in, in the ring gear and none of the shit's gonna look like how steve austin did it so who gives a fuck yeah i think i read in the amazon listing that they brought back the is it called the accelerator, where you can unlock? Okay, all... so the accelerator, mm-hmm. it's all base game items, so nothing unlocked through the showcase, which is how oh. they worded it last year too. Oh, well, that stinks because so like, if you want for people that have like multiple saves, having to play that showcase again and again and again is a real pain in the ass. So you want friggin' O3 Brock Lesnar and O2 Kurt Angle and all the other shit? Congrats, fucker. You gotta play through the showcase. The Accelerator used to be, like, my favorite piece of DLC for those games because, like, go to the options, click R3 or whatever, and you don't have to deal with any of the bullshit. You can just play the fucking game. Exactly. That's not the case anymore, and it sucks. Like, cool, I can have all of the people that are gonna have multiple different versions in my faction that are more interesting than the base game versions i can have all them right away but why why do i why am i being forced to play the showcase and i know that's a weird complaint like they're forcing me to play the single player campaign i don't care that much no like i think i said it last week I the the whole idea of the game cutscenes giving way to real life footage that was a cute workaround last year it feels like an incredibly lazy way to go going forward. And if I'm being completely honest, we're in the era where I've watched every fucking match they're putting in these games pretty much. 
and I mean, I, I, I watched everything in like 13 and 14 and like, I think the women's showcase in 2K20 is the one where I was like, I've seen like six of these matches and I don't give a fuck about the rest. That's not that's not an indication of, of the talent or whatever of the women featured. It's just I... The more modern you get with that mode, the less I give a shit. Right. Because no, it's all still fresh in my brain if I've watched it or if I watch Twitter act like every one of the matches involved was the greatest thing ever. I'm just kind of like, don't want to play it. Don't care. So, I mean, if I get the game, I have to play it. If if O three Brock Lesnar's in the game, I'm not getting him any other way. So, if you want whatever, if you want some creations um, as well, you have to play it because some people use parts from wrestlers that are unlocked through there. So, if you download, if you try to download the creation, you can't if you don't have it unlocked. God, that sucks. Yep. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Um. So the ESRB drama is over. That's right. It's the time of the week where we talk about AEW fight forever. <laughs> um, so interesting thing here, the descriptors for the rating on the full gear trailer and the ones on the ESRB website are exactly the fucking same. Like everything that denotes why it got a T rating is there. So either they jumped the gun on what they were going to get rated for or they've had this fucking rating for three months and it just got published. Um, I don't know. What I did think was interesting, I'll say this about 2K23 real quick, the covers that were released had the T rating on that, but they just posted the fucking listing on the website right. for the rating, because I looked for the 2K23 rating last week, and I don't think it was there, but I checked uh, yesterday, in fact, and, and it was. I will herein recite to you the ESRB's fucking reasonings for the T rating the game got. Uh, it's also, it's got a T rating for blood, language, mild suggestive themes, use of alcohol and tobacco, and violence. The rating summary, this is a wrestling game, no shit, uh, in which players compete in matches with wrestlers from the AEW roster. See, they're already ahead of the Australia board that says, like, it was it's matches between WWE All Elite Wrestling wrestlers. <laughs> players use punches kicks and grappling maneuvers to gain uh to drain i'm sorry their opponent's health and some match types uh barbed wire stadium stampede unsanctioned players can use barbed wired baseball bats why is there a comma between that whatever uh metal chairs and molotov cocktails against opponents eventually resulting in submissions and or knockouts blood splatter effects can occur during matches staining the mats Video footage of real matches also depicts blood on wrestlers' faces and bodies. The game contains some mildly suggestive material, female wrestlers in revealing outfits, uh, deep cleavage, bunny outfits, partially exposed buttocks, wrestlers performing taunting gestures, crotch chops, slapping buttocks. Real footage sometimes depicts wrestlers drinking alcohol and smoking. The word shit is heard in the game. Of course. It's so AW. the bunny is confirmed. Yep, that's, that was my first thought yeah. when I read that as well. So we, th there's two things in here that were never mentioned by THQ Nordic or AEW prior that we probably should talk about. Uh, Stadium Stampede. We had previously run with the idea that this game was going to cap four characters on screen. Uh, reading that, unless they're making Stadium Stampede 2 on 2, I think we're probably getting more than four characters on screen. Because um, that's a 10-man match, I believe. Yeah. That's interesting. How is that going to work? Just the, the whole idea. I have of no fucking stampede. clue. 
it's a big empty arena clusterfuck match where you can go all over. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works. I also, when they revealed the baseball stadium base or baseball the football stadium baseball mini game, I was kind of like, yeah. oh, you know what? There's a chance they they repurpose that for like you can just play matches and it. it looks like you can just play the match in it. Also, it should be noted it says barbed wire, not exploding barbed wire. <laughs> But hmm. that's that's me overthinking, overthinking things. Um, I mean, it would suck if they removed exploding barbed wire because they've advertised it. But also at the same time, barbed wire is barbed wire. Whatever. I'd oh, prefer God. if it blew up, though. I don't want to um, think about that being removed because that was something I was really looking forward to. I think it's on. Well, it doesn't mention you can fucking explode opponents, but it does mention a Molotov cocktail. So I have to mention this because. It's partially my show, so I'll mention it. Uh, there was a dude on Twitter yesterday who photoshopped a Molotov cocktail onto Kenny Omega's hand in a screenshot and tweeted it at Dre41 Gaming. And I don't understand like why you would do that. It's, it's really stupid. But then he followed up by saying the game was starting to look like backstage assault. Now, am, am I missing something? Were there Molotov I, cocktails and backstage assault? And when I played that game for like two hours a couple of months ago, I, I fucking just no missed it. No idea what he was talking about. Like I, I even asked him like, "How does it look like backstage assault?" And he didn't respond to me. So I don't know. People are strange. When you're a stranger, I um, yeah, it. I I don't. I don't get it. There's also been a lot of like hand wringing and concern trolling over the Molotov cocktails, and it's exhausting how everything has to be like. WWE fans against AEW fans, but at this point, listen, if your only exposure to modern or wrestling games is the modern games where you don't have anything wacky, I can kind of maybe see your argument, but if you played 2K20 with the fucking originals DLC and you played any of that, you have no right to talk, and if you've played the backstage area in 2K22 where you can fling motherfuckers like 40 feet off that shit and they still get up, you have no room to talk. And especially if you played the old SmackDown games where you could do like fucking five star frog splashes out of helicopters and people would still get up from that because like, well, none of this stuff happens on TV. It's too far for a video game. We used to be able to like ride a motorcycle around, grab somebody by the throat and fling them into shit. That never happened on TV. Undertaker never did a motorcycle choke slam. You're not forced to use these things anyway. If you want to stand in a match, you can just do that. Right. But it's. It's like when they posted the screenshot of all the blood and the lights out match and people go blood. Like if, if you don't like AEW, that's fine. If you don't like WWE, that's fine to like throw your hands up. at something in a video game because you, it's like when fucking Ruby Soho bladed a few weeks ago, women shouldn't bleed. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. That's all you gotta do. Just shut the fuck up. I, just the concern trolling over every little thing as it pertain, pertains to AEW because the fucking Vince McMahon brainwashing has worked on a like full two, maybe three generations of wrestling fans now. It, it's it's insane. Grow the fuck up. Also on note of AEW Fight Forever, we have a little bit better of an idea of what is going to be done at IGN FanFest pertaining that game. And did I did I sit on this show last week or was it two weeks ago? Where I said it's going to be a bullshit interview with Dan House and Nyla Rose and Evil Uno because I called that shit. I might have said it on Twitter, but somewhere along the line I called it. 
Uh, from IGN's official schedule, AEW superstars Danhausen, Nyla Rose, and Evil Uno sit down with IGN to answer fan questions and play a little game where they have to rate and react to a handful of pro wrestling moves throughout the world of video games. Oh. Notice nowhere in there does it mention a trailer or an announcement or anything. Now, I've had people say to me, like, well, that doesn't mean they're not going to show something. Here's the problem. Everything else that is showing something new at FanFest is listed as showing something new. And this stuff was almost certainly taped well in advance. So unless they knew for sure, and I mean, in sports Kita, sports Kita, but like they've been adamant the entire time the game is T-rated. So maybe, maybe we get, Mike Straw even tweeted like to expect some sort of an announcement. My, my thought on this, as with everything else, keep expectations low. If we do get an announcement, it's probably going to be tuned into Revolution for another preview of the game. Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men podcast said he had heard from a, co- a former colleague of his that's deep in the gaming world, whatever that means. The game is slated for a quarter two release, which backs up uh, Matt Black's theory that the game might launch around double or nothing. And also Mike Straw said he had heard the game was listed for a quarter two internally. And we're at the point where the shit's got to come at some point. <laughs> I just show me more of it. I don't have the energy to get mad about it. I don't even have the energy to get annoyed about it anymore. Like just that description. Though, it, is... It's going to come out when it's going to come out. But the description from the uh-huh. Fonfest is quite annoying, considering like uh, you know the the lack of updates for the game. Like, hey, we're going to have them rate wrestling moves from other games. Like, piss off. You know, just. Show what you're there to show. Show fight yeah. forever. I don't want you to look at wrestling moves from other games. I don't care. That's not fun for me. I want you to show the game that you're there to talk about. Evil Ono has been promoting this game for like forever now, and they haven't even showed his goddamn character model. You know, I sort of feel bad for him. He's apparently not in the game. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. I forgot that. So that makes sense. So the only one that's going to so, be like I in the like game said, is Nyla Rose. Is Nyla? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make so, sense. So, I mean, maybe they say something on Wednesday during All Elite Arcade. I won't be watching, mostly because I never do, but also I work Wednesday. So I I will be at work during All Elite Arcade, almost certainly. Um, I will be. Uh, but we're at the point where, like, if we don't get something at FanFest, but they say, like, you know, stay tuned for Revolution, that's only a two-week wait. And at this point, we've been waiting almost two and a half years for this fucking game. What's another few weeks? Is what it is. Um, game looks good. I, I I've watched all the gameplay a million times. Kind of like to see something new. I will see too that uh, WrestleQuest is going to be part of the FanFest too. Right. So there might be a new trailer or something. It, yeah. It's not going to be one of the featured gimmicks. It's just one of the also kind of things. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing whatever it is they show. For yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Ultra Pro Wrestling has a showcase coming on February the 28th. They sent out the bat signal to uh, people who cover wrestling games, said their DMs were open. Not to me, though. Because <laughs> I tried to see if their DMs were open. They weren't. Um, I, I guess this is the trailer. Uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. That's all I can say. So we're going to see. Yeah, we'll see what it shows. That's, there's no other news from them this week, so. Uh, no news from Virtual Basement. 2022 was uh, all gameplay. Yep, sure was, wasn't it? It feels really petty to say that every week, but I don't give a fuck. 
you, you had the rant about it last week. I'm like two seconds away from one this week. Anybody who thinks that game's going to be good or that it's going to come out is, well, I mean, it's going to come out because they're going to shove it out the fucking door regardless. That game's not going to be good. All the people saying like, oh, this is going to be the best wrestling game ever. Stop that shit. Stop it. Yep. You shouldn't say that um, for any wrestling. Bastante Bueno. Until you've played it. Bastante Bueno uh, posted that the 1.4 version of the game will launch with a player's guide that looks a lot like an old strategy guide, so that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Uh, detailing the stats, uh, strengths and weaknesses, the movesets of the characters. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to this. You know what would be cool if like this, a lot when it's when it's all said and done if he had like a, if he got a, a physical release maybe maybe through something like yeah um, I know like their reputation isn't the greatest but like limited run or something because the idea of like putting a, a strategy guide with it is is super cool and I would have to I'd love to have that on a shelf real quick um did you see the um the WCW versus NWO World Tour uh ROM hack that guy's doing where like yeah six and uh scott hall have one two three kid and razor tires yeah i just saw that those are like razors based on the night of the curtain call wait i, I that's, didn't that's kind of wild i didn't say that is this the same guy that's that's um putting in like Shawn michaels and has like the the illustration like the yeah oh shit okay i haven't seen this yet but i think, I think he's uh he's putting big d in the game too and by that i mean diesel also, a WWF ring that looks as out of place and inaccurate as all of the other like WCW rings in this era of games, so that's kind of neat. What's his um, account? Honestly, it just looks like an action figure ring. It's not showing up. I, I linked... Uh, oh, did you post in the, the chat? Oh, I, I linked you to the... Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. That is... Rag does, yeah, because um, Free mentioned him quite a bit in our uh, podcast of him. But yeah, what a great project that is. He's adding the Undertaker too with red gloves. I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference to Raw and the Sega Genesis or not. Maybe. Um, very, very cool to see oh. these kind of Aki projects. There is an ECW ROM hack for No Mercy allegedly in the works. Wolfpack Sting. We'll see if that ends up panning out. I don't yeah. Know he, yeah, he put that up as well. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. I just love that when he posted. Oh yeah, he's got um. Undertaker with the the character select portrait as well. I love that. Like to go as far yeah, the Undertaker to... one kind of looks like evil. Yeah, it does. But to go as I think it actually is evil by the looks of it, to be honest. Um, but to go that far as to like recreate those portraits, that's insane. I love it. Yeah, that's that's such a fucking cool project. All right, so the context I was uh, trying to provide earlier before I forgot we did a news segment. Um. Licensed wrestling games first started to appear. I think there's a Cutie Suzuki game on the Mega Drive that I think comes out in like 1990 or 91. So it's probably the first licensed Japanese wrestling game. The first men's licensed Japanese wrestling games started to appear in like 92, 93. The first New Japan games, uh, Fantastic Story in Tokyo Dome, which is named after the 1993 January 4th show. And that's kind of the theme for all of the Super Famicom games, because uh, 94's game is Battlefield, which is what 1-4 was called in 94, and then 95's game is called Battle 7, uh, which is, for my money, like one of the coolest licensed wrestling games on the Super Famicom or the Super NES. Just a ridiculous roster on that one. 
And also, like, presentation-wise, it's incredible. Like, when we talk about the game, I'll, I'll gush about it, even though I suck at it. Tomy put out the Tokon Resident series starting in 1985, and it should be noted, Tokon Resident is the first uh, 3D wrestling game of any kind. And I know a lot of people say, like, well, SmackDown's based on Tokon Resident and Power Move Pro Wrestling. No, the fuck it isn't. Watch a video of literally any of the Tokon games. They don't look anything like SmackDown. Um, simple series. That's as you mentioned before we recorded. Uh, simple series is the obvious. Like this is this is SmackDown. Um, yeah. Right down to like menu music and like SmackDown portraits being left over on both the Simple Series games, like in the files. And interestingly, Tokon Redstone was part of that mid '90s period where like we would just randomly get li- uh, like unlicensed or localized. Localized is what we're looking for here. Localized versions of the Japanese wrestling games, like we got Natsume Championship Wrestling, which was uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling Dash, uh, World's Strongest Tag League, and uh, Hammerlock Wrestling was the Tenyu game. We got uh, Tokon Retsuden here as Power Move Pro Wrestling, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, Tokon Retsuden is a game that, for all of the things that people have said about Yukes for years, about how bad or whatever their games are and how the animations or whatever suck, this game pretty much nails everything from like an animation standpoint. The moves are all on point. They get over like everybody's personality. Like even if you have no context for who these guys are, you just play as them and you pretty much can figure them out. Very good game, especially for like a first effort for like anybody for a 3d wrestling game. I think this is great. It has like a, um, kind of like a rock, paper, scissors approach to gameplay where it's like, Strikes beat grapples, grapples beat submissions, submissions beat uh, strikes. Something like that. I'm sorry, I have a concussion. I'm trying to think of... Strikes beat grapples, grapples beat submissions, submissions beat strikes. Yeah, that's that's the loop, I think. At least that's how it felt when I played the game this morning. Yeah. This is basically a who's who of 95 New Japan. Like, looking at the roster, you have Mudo and Muda. You have uh, Chono, Choshu. Hashimoto, Hase, Liger, Kanimoto's in the game. Power Warrior as well. Yep. You have yep. Scott Norton. Really, the only one missing is Anoki. Well, they fixed that in the second game. Yeah, but it's odd that he's missing, and yeah, I wonder if it was like a licensing deal or something. But um, Yeah, it was. Because, I mean, they, they make a big deal about his inclusion in Tokon Retsuden 2. Like, yeah. literally the whole fucking marketing of the game is around him. And also, he's like the focus of the intro video too. And I yeah. love that intro. Cause it's like a, it's done like with CG models. So it's kind of like a Tekken intro, both the new Japan guys. It's fucking wild. But for the original token too, they've got, um, or talking about Tuden, they've got, um, like rip off theme songs. as play that play during the match based on what character you pick. I guess they didn't want to shell out the big money for, you know, Royal hunt or Osamu, Suzuki to get the the actual licensed themes, but they do sound quite a bit like the the real ones. Um, Chono's theme is really cool, and I'm pretty sure I've heard them use that as a dubbed theme on like one of the New Japan commercial tapes. I was sort of like gushing about this game to you yesterday because it's been a while since I played it. Um, I played Power Move Pro Wrestling like when it came out, but Tokon Ritsuden I didn't play until probably the early 2000s. I went to a a citywide flea market. And um, so there was obviously just tables all over the street. I was looking at this per- this uh, 
I think it was an older guy had all these games, and I just saw this this um, Japanese game and I picked it up, and there's the line mark on the the front cover, and I was like, holy shit, Tokon Ratsun, like where the hell did this come from? And I was like, how much for this? He's like twenty. I had a twenty in my pocket, so like here you go. And that was the first time I played that game uh, years and years later that I just found here locally, which was crazy. But um, yeah, it's 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 crazy how this game has sort of held up. And the reason because it, it's so simple. Like we talked about it um, last week or the week before of like, no, no, with the, the frame episode, people who are like, well, I want to make the new No Mercy or whatever. And they're talking about all these features. And the thing you need to do first is get your basics down. And this is what this token Ratsuden is. They got the basics down perfectly. Like, it's all about gameplay. It's, it's an early PlayStation game, so you don't have all these features. There's no special match types or anything. It's all singles, and there's, you know, G1, and you can have title matches, but there's no real titles in the game. But it's just the basics of pro wrestling. And they did so well with it. Like, I, I spend a lot of time playing as Muta and Muto, because he's my favorite. Like, his moves look great. Um, his drop kick looks like his drop kick. Um, the moon salts. If your opponent gets up while you're about to do the move, Muta and Muto land on their feet, which was a super cool thing to see uh, back in the day. Um, Muta, of course, has got his mist all the way back on the PS1, and it stays on their faces. They've got blood too. It kind of blows my mind to go back to this and just see how much effort was put into it. Like they they really knew New Japan. And they sort of hit it out of the park, like on their first bat. It's crazy. Agreed. I like the thing where like the crowd starts chanting for the guy getting his ass kicked, and they get yeah. like a little brief buff. Yeah. From it. I mean, I like when it's happening for me. I don't like when it happens for the AI. No. There might be some moves uh, here, here and there that I'm missing, but for the most part, the move sets that people have is, is what you want to see. They've mostly got their signature moves. Like um, Hossie's got the big swing, and which makes him dizzy afterwards, which is a which is a nice little effect. Um, Chosu, of course, has got his mm. little lariats and stuff. It's just, it's so simple. Like I like I just said, like it's it's basic pro wrestling, but it just it just screams New Japan. Like it's amazing what they did with this first game. It has the um, like if you don't break a submission, you can be disqualified. So I thought it was cool. That's right, yeah. That's a that's a cool feature. Um, disqualifications and I remember playing Power Move at the time. We'll go, we'll get into that in a second. But like, how sort of weird that game was. That like it came out of nowhere, and the things you could do, like that you sort of, I don't know. I guess you didn't really think about at the time for a three D wrestling game. But like just doing something as simple as like dives to the outside and and you know fighting outside of the ring and three D wrestling games. It all felt so new. Power um, Move comes out in 96. Or like Warzone. I don't think Warzone had like... Yeah, Warzone came out later, but I don't even think that had like dives and you mm. could do that in this game. I don't know. They're just... Fantastic job. Like the arenas, you've got the, the Tokyo Dome, Zumo Hall. And then there was two other arenas. I think you thought one was maybe the Budokan. And then there's one with like a blue top background, which I'm not sure which what arena that was. But uh, the arenas look pretty good. Um... The rings, you've got different rings to choose from. You can have like the the Lion Mark uh, logo, or you can have the BVD um, logo that uh, sponsorship that New Japan used to have all the time. It's just really good. Like I would like recommend people go back and, and play this. I mean, don't expect a lot, but just as I said, like the basics of pro wrestling is all there. Another really cool feature this game had, 
that I forgot about until I was dicking around with Power Move. Uh, you can save matches to the memory card and watch them back on the best bouts menu. That's right, yeah. That's just so fucking cool. Yeah, what did what did Yuke's even do like, before this? I'm gonna look it up. I'm not sure, but Wait. they they might be the most like prolific wrestling game developer ever. I mean, what else are they known for? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. No, this was the first game. Then they did Hermie Hopperhead. Hell of a first game. Hermie Hopperhead Scratch Panic before they did Talk on Red Zuden 2. So yeah, they're basically just a wrestling game dev. Yeah, they've Pretty got good other, one too, other stuff honestly. here and here and there. Like they did uh, D1 Grand Prix. Uh, the dog, Happy Life, but like the dog Island, but obviously most of the stuff is is wrestling games. They did a Gundam game. They did oh. real they did Real Steel. Forgot about that. Earth Defense Force. Oh, and um, two of them. Yeah, I was about to say that's the I made a joke about like that's the other thing they have other than wrestling at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I think to to sum up talk on Red very basic. There's there's not a lot. Obviously, there's only singles matches, but hell of a start. Just like getting it down pat before they they moved on to uh, to adding more features and stuff. But as well, you I mean, mentioned, if you think about it, Iron Slam '96 and VPW on PS1, those only had singles matches too. That's right. Yeah. But then we got and those came out later. The so I I did remember seeing at the time like uh, talk on Ratsuden in magazines. And I think I posted this on Twitter. There was one article that had like Muda, uh, real photos of Muda with different face paint, uh, like on the corners of the the article. But we didn't get obviously the the token right soon as you mentioned earlier. We got Power Move Pro Wrestling, which I love this game. I do too, and I rented a PlayStation for this game back in the day, and um, it's a weird game that's kind of full of character. It's hilarious. So, for anyone who hasn't experienced Power Move Pro Wrestling, it's sort of like, it's quite obviously a Japanese wrestling game, but it's got the, like, the wacky, goofy characters of what people would expect from American Pro Wrestling. Um, it's got character names like Zombie and Chain Gang and Area 51 and Agent Orange. And they're all the wrestlers from Tokon Ratsuden, but with like parts placed here and there, different parts and like color changes and stuff like that. You've also got a ring announcer called Gorgon, who replaces Kuro-chan from Tokon Ratsuden, who, as we talked about... Is and he's very, insane. He's so over the top, and the introductions are hilarious, and I love his introduction of the referee, who instead of uh, Taiga Hattori from Tokon Ratsuden, is referee Rathburn Sally. And <laughs> you've got these great characters. I like, have to talk about the Lance Dulock intro. Yes, I was just about um, to. Lance Dulock who gets... He's the one that gets all the ladies and some of the men. Yes, and you've got That's like... the exact inflection for when he says it, too. What does <laughs> he, he, he say about Malibu's, Malibu Mike again? He's like, Paramore Pro Wrestling's number one dude, or something like that. And yeah. Yeah, all the intros are crazy and great. Was like Area 51 is like the wrestler the government doesn't want you to know about or something like that? <laughs> yeah it's it's so crazy um, out there but it should so also good. be noted there's bios in the instruction booklet and these are fucking insane lance Dulock, tall handsome long hair the type of guy all the women parentheses and some men just adore sort of like a wrestling version of fabio lance is honorable chivalrous and skilled 
Even though his opponents may cheat, Lance will come out on top through superior fair play. That sounds like Kensuke Sasaki to me, let me <laughs> tell you. Tall. Tall, sure. Sasaki known for his height. I do like that they replaced the New Japan line mark with a bulldog in the ring. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, they renamed they Zumo Hall uh, a Vito's. <laughs> yeah. Which is so... <laughs> what? But, I mean, yeah, it's it's the same game as Tokon Red Soon, just with, like, over-the-top American characters. Um, I, I, as we said off the air, like, I really wish they continued with this, because they could have gone wackier and crazier. And we should mention, too, that this was published by Activision. So, it's crazy, because if you remember, we've talked about this a bunch on the show, the great, like, license swap of yes. 1999. Activision was bidding on the WWF license, and it's crazy to think that, I mean, they, they could have, we could have gone that route where we had, you know, the Activision uh, published WWF games for years, but also there's the, um, there's just the idea that like Activision, one of the biggest companies to ever exist in video games, their first and only entry into wrestling video games was in a localization of a New Japan pro wrestling game. Crazy. Imagine if they had followed it up with like a WWF game in 1999. It would have been, uh, would have been out of this world. I wonder if, like, and speaking of out of this world, the oh, go on. I was just gonna say, like, maybe they could have gotten Ukes as well before THQ. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Technically, they've worked with them in Power Move, so I also remember reading that Activision apparently had like a functional prototype game that they pitched to the WWF. And I really want to fucking see what it was. Oh my god, I would love to see that. Yeah, was, me too. You think it was Bruce Willis running around? From, uh... <laughs> like Tony Hawk? Yeah. God, imagine if we did get a Neversoft-developed wrestling game. What a fucking world. They could have had, like, the... The ultra-violence, like... Match editor. You know? Shout-outs to Gakdog. Indeed. I have to say this about Tocom 1 and Power Move. Anybody who plays modern games, you have to train yourself to not have your fucking fingers on the triggers because if you do, you'll engage Kevin Dunn mode where you accidentally tap the button and the camera switches Yeah. to like one of the other. I did have a little bit of fun loading up a demo match and just switching the camera every time a move hit. I felt like I was fucking directing AEW TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they fixed that too. Uh, Tokon uh, Redstone. Have better cameras in the lead. Yeah. Games. Yeah, really. That shit drove me nuts as a kid and now. Yeah. Um, we did get a sequel in '96, Tokan Redstone 2, where the big the big deal about this game is it's the first ever licensed appearance of the greatest of all time, Antonio Inoki. So much so that, like I referenced, he's a big part of the marketing. Like I'm pretty sure, like one like one of the commercials, half of it is just them showing him. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? I've done on my, uh, my YouTube. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was on your YouTube channel. And um, like I also said earlier, the the opening cinematics done with like CG models. So it's like a Tekken trailer, but with New Japan. And Anoki's a huge focus of that. And again, why wouldn't he be? This game's character select screen pisses me off. <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. But once you get into a match, it's it's not bad. It's more of the same from the first game. Yeah, but maybe my favorite part about this game is a little jingle that plays before the match, like the 
the matchup screen I think is great. The, all the music in the tech, the Togon Red Suit games is really good. But um, yeah, it is. Mm. It is most of the mostly the same. You have tag team matches in this one, right? And like Battle Royal, this yeah. is the one that introduced it. Yeah, yeah, that was. The roster's not that much different. I, I think there's maybe just a few additions. I know Satoshi Kojima uh, was an addition for this game. The camera's been fixed. You've got a, a more close-up camera. But as far as gameplay goes, you're not looking at much difference. It is just a, a more refined version of the original game, I guess you could say. Isn't this the first video game appearance of Eddie Guerrero's Black Tiger? Is he in this one? I thought he was in the third one. I didn't think he was in two. I might be conflating two and three, actually. I could have swore Eddie might have been in this one, though. I'm sorry. I, I, I got a concussion on Thursday. I forgot everything I was going to say on this show. <laughs> I'm kind of just winging it. But yeah, it, Tokon 2, it, it really is just kind of an expansion of the first game. Yeah. Uh, you get tag matches and battle royals. I've never dicked around enough to see if the save match feature is in that game. After a certain point, I I don't think... Th- I mean, I, I would rather save matches from the third game, because the third game is unbelievable. And in my opinion, the best wrestling game on the PlayStation, with all due respect, Soul of Champion, and SmackDown 2, and Fire Pro G. I think Tokon Resident 3 is the, the big one. On the PlayStation, if you had to play one PlayStation wrestling game, this this would be the one I think recommend. So, because um, you said it off the air last week, this is basically like a New Japan version of Revenge, where like everything just feels like it's it's a perfect representation of '98 New Japan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and three as well. You've got they added the intros. Uh, which are really well done for PlayStation 1. I mean, you've got, like, CD-quality versions of, like, all the New Japan theme songs. Some of them are dubbed because they don't have the rights to them, but you do have um, uh, Chono and, and Muda, Mudo, uh, Liga. And, yeah, as you just said, like, it's it's a really great representation of New Japan at the time. Everything just looks better, and the, the movesets are more expanded. It was really, like, the, the Tokon engine at its peak. It should also be noted, in singles matches only, there is an option to play 60 frames per second or 30. Right. Which, I said this to you off the air last week, I always liked that that felt like a, are you going to play a junior heavyweight style match Mm -hmm. or a heavyweight style match? If you're going to play as the juniors, you play 60 frames per second because it's faster and more responsive. You play the heavyweights, you might want to play 30 just because a little bit slower and feels a little bit more accurate to guys like Hashimoto got to talk about this game's roster because it's fucking insane uh there are wcw talents in the game uh benoit steiner brothers scott norton eddie guerrero's black tiger like michinoku pro talent in this game pretty sure sasuke's in yeah sasuke delphin uh jinsei shinsaki mm. you've also got uh yoshiaki fujiwara in here as well um you've got tiger mask original tiger mask satoru sayama uh, you've got Neoya Ogawa makes his debut in this game. Um, it's a fantastic roster. And then, of course, you've got all the New Japan guys. You've got Now you've got the NWO, so you've got um, NWO as its uh, separate roster, uh, separate section in the roster screen. Um, you've got, obviously, Muto and, and Chono. You've also got a young version of Chono. You've got Muto with his NWO face paint, which is, which is really cool. Um, Steiners were fun to play as. Scott Steiner's got the, sc- the Steiner screwdriver, of course. Yeah, this is a, a fantastic, fantastic game. And also, one thing we need to mention about Tokon Redstone, um, especially later in the series, there was a 
there's not like a finisher system so much. There are no. these things called gold combos. Basically, you do like a signature sequence, like with Muto or Muta, you do the, I think it's called the Schmidt Backbreaker, and then you do the Moonsault. Muta or Muto, their name will flash gold when you do the Moonsault to indicate the Moonsault did more damage. Um, Hashimoto has like, if you do a specific taunt before the vertical drop DDT, his name will flash gold. Um, I think Liger has like the, the thing he does before the palm strike and then the Shote. Mm-hmm. His name will flash gold. The show table do more damage. So you can do your regular moves whenever the fuck you want. Like you can do your big moves, but if you do the sequences, it'll do more damage, which is a really fucking cool way of doing it that like no other wrestling game has done. And I do not understand. Granted, we talked about this off the air. Melonbread pointed this out. Those sequences are baked into No Mercy, but That's it's right. literally all from like it's literally all sequences that should have been in VPW two. Yeah, hundred percent. I just, I, I love this. I wish they would have done it for SmackDown because, like, imagine if you got a boost on the people's elbow for doing the Spinebuster first, or you got a boost on the stunner for doing the, like, you had the incentive to taunt. You flip the bird, hit the stunner, and then the stunner does more damage, or, like, Taker's Tombstone does more damage because you do the, th- uh, the throat slash. Yeah. Uh, you do the, like, Sako taunt with Foley before you actually do the Mandible Claw, like, <clears throat> Big Show's taunt before. There's a lot of guys that just taunted before they did their finishers. Yeah, the yeah. Why the fuck wasn't that taken for SmackDown? I don't know. It's a great idea. It makes all the sense in the world. If you're if you're making a wrestling game, take that shit. Yeah. Freem also said rip off All Star Pro Wrestling three, and I agree with that. But also take this shit from Tokon. Once I saw those in a, in like a guide on Game Facts, it completely changed how I played the game. I wasn't just like get my opponent groggy and do you know like the fucking screwdriver or whatever. It was like, I'm going to do the sequence to make the screwdriver deal more damage. Token No. 2 and 3 also introduces a create wrestler, but I personally never really touched it. It's um, very Japanese heavy, and, and you know, in this era, there wasn't uh, translations weren't as good as they were in, um, you know, like the, the PlayStation 2. Um, I do remember, like, the one wrestler that I uh, saw on a website was, like, Hayabusa, and he seemed to be, like, perfectly recreated in this game i never mess with the edit mode in this game no ever but again in like the other games the move sets are really good they're just expanded upon in this one don't have a lot to say about talking about two and three but at the same time it's like one of the best wrestling games and you should check it out for sure i think dre 41 gaming did a rate the car mode series and actually did a video on token three but i never watched it mm-hmm because the idea of like ranking create a wrestler modes where they would rank all time, it's really disingenuous to be like this create a wrestler mode from '98 sucks by 2022 yeah. 2023 standards. What would be next? Like on- there are ones that you can say absolutely sucked at their time. Yeah, like uh, Mayhem, terrible create a wrestler. Warzone, terrible. Cre- actually, Warzone was only terrible because you couldn't actually assign full move sets. The actual customization of the wrestlers was great. You could create Vader right off the top, so that was a, a win. Yeah. Well, there was nobody with a powerbomb finisher in the game, so no. so you were screwed. But yeah, on to Tokon 4, because this is a good game. Did the, the Wondus one, um, Tokon Red Student, become, come out before 4, or was 4 released first? Mm-hmm. Excellent question, Shelton. I'm sure there's like two people that listen to this podcast that will appreciate the excellent question, Shelton. Shelton? Reference. Have you not heard that story? I from the no, the Brian Myers. Okay, well I, I have to tell it now. 
So they're doing the big meeting in 08 talking about like, like what going PG means. And this is, I think, Oh yeah. I guess at Nassau Coliseum. I remember the snow. Yeah. And Michael Tarver, Michael Tarver, who you probably don't remember from the Nexus stood up and started asking questions and Vince probably because he's an old racist white guy, but also probably because the guy was so far away just goes, excellent question, Shelton. And like everybody (laughs) fucking popped. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. (laughs) Um, And anytime anybody asks me a question, I just, I literally will just say excellent question, Shelton, (laughs) regardless of the, uh, the context. Well, GameFAQ says that the Wonderswan version of Tokon Retsuden came out in oh March 4th, 1999. And 4 came out also in 1999, obviously, because it's a Dreamcast game. I'm sure this is riveting audio. It's okay, I'll cut some of it out. No, it's, no we're, we're leaving it all in. I want them to know I'm incompetent. Yeah, so Wonderswan Tokon beats Tokon 4 by like 6 months. That's insane okay so let's let's talk about the wonder swan version okay yeah i i got to play a little bit of this one and it does not play anything like i remember it playing no it's funny enough about this i version of the game i found really um interesting is that it's the only version of it's the only maybe only new japan game that has um really an nwo logo in it because if you play like um, Token Four, they have like it, it's a, they've got the NWO like font in the and some arenas and stuff, but not the logo because it was owned by WCW. So they sort of avoid using the new uh, NWO logo in New Japan games. Like they use the Aristris logo, and this one during the entrances, some of the wrestlers have NWO shirts on. So I thought it was kind of an interesting. Yeah, thing. Mudo does. Yeah. Also, for Mudo's theme song, they have him using like Holdout which is really weird because at this time he would have been using NWO Triumph, which I thought was strange. And they also have right. the, the Chono theme from Tokon Ratsuden, which I don't even think he ever really used in real life instead of uh, um, martial arts or Crash, whatever you want to call it. Crash. Yeah. Yeah, he has Crash at that point. Yeah. Kind of strange. Um, but... Big detailed sprites on this one. Yeah. Like, very very well drawn the animation i mean it's it's a wonder swan game yeah wonder swan is a little bit stronger than the game boy so you're not getting like big like elaborate super high frame count animations it's, it's a game boy game essentially the rosters got basically everybody you'd think of you got mudo you got chana you got hashimoto kojima kensuke Actually, Kojima might not be on. I might have Mandela affected that. I feel like I beat him up in this game, though. Uh, Tenzan's in. I know that for a fact, because I did beat him up. Um, everybody has entrances. I think I've already said that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's basically just an animation of your character walking by a scrolling crowd as their theme song plays, but that's mm-hmm. still like... Fucking... What was it? Road to Mania on the Game Boy Advance was the first portable wrestling game here with entrances. I, I guess Fire Pro had them on yeah. Game Boy Advance. That's still like two years after this. Yeah. And on a fucking much more powerful system. There's not much to say about the game itself. You know, as you said, it's it's a wonderful yeah, game. It's, it's it's very basic. Very simple wrestling game. Yeah, I you don't necessarily need to to go out of your way to play this one unless you're just like a Wonder Swan aficionado. But even then, there's a fire pro on the Wonder Swan, so you'd yeah. probably just be better served to play that. 
if I'm being honest. Uh, which brings us to the big one. I don't know why I'm saying this is the big one, but it, it is. I mean, it's the last it's the last console entry in the series. It's the last one that you had anything to do with. Uh, Tokon Redstone 4 for the Dreamcast uh, comes out in September of 99. It's it's the game in the series that most closely resembles SmackDown, but also it doesn't fucking play anything like SmackDown. It, pl- it plays like Tokon Redstone. And um, great graphics on this one. Obviously, it's a Dreamcast game. Uh, we're not doing the sort of generic shapes with like textures plastered on them anymore. These are like actual modeled characters with textures plastered on them. I I love this game. I think I think the fact that you can just like homing missile people repeatedly with Chono's uh, mafia kick because I don't want to get the guys in Cosby sweaters mad at me. Uh, the the fact that that thing like tracks your opponent for such a long distance is hilarious. I used to just pick Chono and cheese the fuck out of my friends with him because uh... what fun are wrestling games if you if you don't just shit on your friends with Chono? I used to play as a uh... Takaiwa and just like Powerbomb and DVD the shit out of people repeatedly. We we were clearly trying to accomplish different things. <laughs> I really, I mostly just played as like Chono and Hashimoto in this game. Because like, I really liked playing as Hashimoto. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's Big Hash. He's incredible. I, like, I never really played as like Kensuke or whatever, which is weird because I, I usually play as Kensuke in, in games because he has a really fun moveset. Roster on this game kicks a lot of ass. Yeah. This is like... Like, there's... Only, what? The second of three licensed appearances of Otsushi Onida in a wrestling game? Um, yeah, because he doesn't appear licensed again until, uh, what, like, Wrestle Kingdom 2? Yeah, and before this, it was only FMW. You've got Tenru in... Yeah, that game. we're, we're going to talk about that one eventually. Yeah, you, you've, you've got Tenru in as freelance. The only licensed appearance of Dragon Kid... Which is that's right. That's crazy. He's the only Toriumon guy in the game. You've got great Sasuke. You've also got Sasuke, the heel persona. Who else we got here? We've got Don Fry. Um, Ogawa returns. Now Ogawa's back. Yeah, got Doctor Wagner Jr., who was in Token Ratsuden Three as well. Something that you no also one... got like the usual suspects you'd expect, like Kojima, Tenzan, Chono, Muda, Muda, Hiro Saito. Um... Obviously, Kensuke's in, which means Power Warriors in. Uh, you have uh, like Michiyoshi Ohara is in the game. Uh, Yuji Nagata, I think, makes. I don't remember Nagata being in three. He might have been, but he's he's in this game for sure. Yeah. Uh, you got Manabu Nakanishi, Izuka, Fujinami, Kazuo Yamazaki, Osamu Kido's in the game for crying out loud. <laughs> you know who isn't? In I the think game? Junji Harada's in the game. Yeah, he is. They show NWO Sting. In the intro with Kojima, and unfortunately, he's not in the game. Poor guy. <laughs> well, didn't they show NWO Sting playing VPW 64 in a Japanese magazine? He's not in that game either. Yeah, they did. And then they put him on the back of one of the WWE release Sting Blu-rays, and he's what, not. What a weird history like that guy actual has Sting. Yeah. It's... I've heard that the ones with fake Sting on them was like a really short print run, and the rest was, of them had yeah. like actual Sting. I'm just thinking. But I've never seen the one with like actual Sting in that spot on the back either. So no, I'm just thinking Scott Norton wasn't in this game, was he? Mm, no. Which is weird because he had he moved over to New Japan from WCW. I moved from yeah, WCW I'm to at a New roster Japan. List, man, I don't see the. I yeah. uh, I don't see him on the roster list, which is yeah, it's strange. But we got Don Fry. It's okay. 
you've got um, Muta's got his sun face paint from Great Kabuki's quote-unquote retirement match. They also did like a commercial that has like Great Muta and, and Kejimuto wrestling each other because there's like a multi, you know, uh, Dreamcast online component. Component. God, I can't speak. You can play online. <laughs> um, I think they also released this game to to arcades as well, which they did with three. Yeah, I've seen I've seen footage of the arcade version of four. It's it's kind of wacky. I how much of that is like a reaction to all Japan with uh all Japan featuring Virtua and Giant Gram also being like an, a legitimate arcade game? Probably all of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it. Um, I like Tokon Four. I don't know that I like it more than it, it's easier to play than Giant Gram. Giant Gram is a little a little daunting. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what you're actually getting into with it, I, has, I, but again, it's Yuke's. This game um, has weapons. This the introduction of weapons in the the yeah. Token Ratsuden series as well. Can you not grab? I thought you can grab them in three if you grabbed them from like the bottom guardrail on the screen. Oh God, can you? I don't know why I remember that being a thing. Uh, maybe because I remember it being referenced in like the the fact that I had in a binder in junior high as being like the chair of death or something like that. Okay, maybe I'm I'm wrong. I don't ever remember seeing weapons in three, but like I when I loaded this up last night, like one of the first things I need I did was go outside and grab a chair. So You know, it, it can't be understated how good Ukes are when they just do the shit they want to do. Oh yeah. Like all of these games are pretty damn good. Like they don't do anything Yeah and the It's not spectacular, right? Like they're not going out of the way to add like crazy match types, but it was New Japan, so they didn't have them anyway. For the most part, it's just basic wrestling, and they all play very well. It's so weird that the conventional wisdom around these games for, like, the last two decades is that they're all really shitty. Because I remember the Fire Pro Club people telling me... People in Fire Pro Club were telling me the Tokon 4 was, like, the worst wrestling game on the Dreamcast, and I was like, buddy, Attitude is on the Dreamcast. Roar Rumble's on the Dreamcast. And I remember people telling me that, like... Yeah, but you randomly teleport backstage in that game, and that's insane. True. But I remember people telling me, like, Tokon 3 is, is good, but it's the only good game in the series. And I'm sitting there like, I just played Tokon 4 for, like, four and a half hours. This game's amazing. What the fuck are you talking about? I remember there was, like, complaints about, like, the movements of the wrestlers, and the, the entrance is all stiff, and the wrestlers themselves still sort of, like, slide across the the, the ring. But hell, I mean, it's still fun to play. Like the moves themselves still look good. Yeah, I, the way people shuffle around the ring and it seems like they're kind of like on ice or whatever, I is what it is. I'd rather that than feeling like I'm stuck in quicksand in the fucking acclaim games. It, you know, there's there's something that people yeah. don't talk about with this game is that it's got its own nitro rants. Um, so there's like bios for each wrestler and they all have a video where they speak. And, like, I'm sure Chono, like, shouts, if I remember correctly, like, Onita just laughs through his. Kendo Kashin says no commento. And then you've got Don Fry, <laughs> who has, like, the most legendary promo, where he just says, I beat everybody that fights against me, even if it is in the video game. I love it. Well, I mean, that is, the, the, that does sound like, something Don Fry would say, yeah. He says it in the most, like, monotone style. It's great. But nobody ever talks about those rants in this game, and I love them. 
I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'd ever actually seen them. Really? But now I need to. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't recall seeing them at least. I'll, uh, I'll tag the, uh, Don Fry one when I upload this because I've put it on, uh, Twitter before, but yeah, like I remember like Akira just screams through his and yeah, it's, I think there's even, I think the ring girls have, have them too. Like the, the, uh, the break bunnies or whatever they were called. Yeah, like the junior heavyweight ring girls, the J girls or whatever. Yeah, the they did like a two pack of them with like the IWGP <laughs> junior belt for That's the right, Carap yeah. Pro line. And I remember I really wanted that because I wanted the belt for Liger, and that two pack was like fifty five dollars. And when I was a kid, my mom was like, "Yeah, you're not getting that." No. <laughs> And I'd be like, but I want the belt for my Liger figure. And my mom would be like, just put one of your WWE belts on him, bud. It'll be okay. And <laughs> no. I would get mad because Liger never held any of them. You can't do this that. Is not, it's not, he, he's never been the Intercontinental Champion, Mom. Mom, you idiot. Yeah, you, you nincompoop. <laughs> There's a lot of arenas in this game, too. And, like, uh, at different styles of ring mats, you've got, like, the... Uh, there's one of like a token Ratun Fall logo, which I'm pretty sure they used in, in real life, which looks really cool. There's the Eurus Trist Chono Mat. Like, that one looks really cool. Yeah. Again, they don't have any like um, NWO logos in this game. Um, during intros, when they have the NWO intro, New Japan NWO intro, you'll see like the NWO letters in the sky, but they don't have the actual logo. NWO Japan Stable used the Eurus Trist logo. Um, again, because WCW licensing and ownership and all that, but um, yeah, I love this game. I loved it when it came out. I bought it from the Rage, and it came in that big white box, which was really cool to look at. I hate that I never got to order from the Rage. It was a great set. Like that's yeah, I was a little late to the dance with that one. I see people talking about East Starland a bunch, and I'm like, God, I used to fucking browse that site looking for import games. For like hours when I was like 15. I have no idea how they're still around. And the last time I looked, their website looks the exact fucking same that it did in 2006. I was um, looking up uh, Token Ritsu in advance last night, which we'll talk about next. And it looked like it was still on like Play Asia for like 50 bucks. The uh, the next game in the Token Redstone series is one that I feel like a lot of people knew about like 15, 16, 17 years ago. But just the eventual passage of time and people not caring about old things anymore. A lot of people haven't heard of this. I, I saw that uh, the Games Marks Game Marks podcast uh, did an episode about just this game. They went like an hour, so shout outs to them. Uh, Tokon Redstone Advance, which is a game that I very badly wanted when I was like 10 years old because it had Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Keiji Muto. Um, this game is an obvious Fire Pro ripoff, even if it doesn't really play like Fire Pro so much. Dude, like, I like, need a side by side. The animations video. are fucking so direct. They're like one to one. Like, the pin looks the same. The camel clutch has the same kicking animations. Like, one of the body slams looks the same. Like, yeah, I need to do a comparison because I couldn't believe it when I looked at it back. We need all the people that got in their bag about Fight Forever having 2K animations to do this side-by-side yeah. side with Fire Pro. Yeah. They won't, because there, there's no tribalist fucking argument to win there. But, like, yeah, I I was kind of gobsmacked. I loaded up a video on YouTube this morning, because I, I didn't take any notes when I played that game. And, again, bonked my head. 
Uh, there's so many animations in this game that are just fucking straight up fire pro animations. The edit mode in this game, like everything's in parts like fire pro from what I remember of it. This game has like zero one as a stable because that's what it initially was meant to be. Right. Um, badass translate trading is in, uh, I think, I think they're labeled as a, not bat, but I think uh, Chono's stable is Team 2000 in this game. I don't think it's... Black it New Japan's a little bit later. Yeah, it's Team 2000. Um, there's obviously juniors in the game as well. I think this game... I think this game comes out before All-Star Pro 2, which I think makes it the first appearance of Crossed Wizard Mudo. I think... It's, it's a fun game. I think All-Star I 2 might have came out first, because All-Star 2 has got, like, very early... Like his original attire, and I think this one's got like a bit of a newer one. I might be wrong. Okay, so I think no, I think you're right. All Star Pro Two comes out in one, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, I just looked it up. This game comes out in March of two thousand and two. Right. So All Star Pro beats this to market if it comes out at any point in one. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought this game came out in one. Well, it, the, the um, rosters weren't that different, or one and or two. Oh yeah, All Star Pro beats this game to market by like three and a half months. This game has like a bunch of like wacky fake wrestlers in it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, just um, like Masawa and Kawada and Tenru and. Yeah, you have like fucking the Bat, and he's the final. Um, I think he's the guy you beat for like the junior heavyweight title, but then there's like. Grappler O, which is Ogawa. Grappler, I think N is in the game. That's Murakami. Uh, they have like I want to say they have Fujita, Inoki, uh, Tenyu ripoffs. Uh, you mentioned Kawada and Misawa. There's also like Akiyama. I want to say Taiokea. I think there's Sakuraba, Coleman, Mark Coleman. I mean, um, there might be like. I might be getting too deep in my bag with like thinking the uh, the pride guys are in, but I think Gary Goodridge might be one of them too. I know there's one licensed hidden wrestler, and that's uh, Masasahito. Um, in terms of uh, Bat, yeah, I'm looking at the roster now. Gary Goodridge actually is in. Um, you get like Mudo, Don Fry, Hase, and Shinzaki. Um, you can unlock Wrestler H, which is Scott Hall, who obviously had a little run in New Japan in '01. Uh, where he slipped on a banana peel and lost to Hiroshi Tanahashi, and people talk about that match like he fucking like he did the one two three kid thing again, but he didn't. Shout out to Scott Hall though, one of the absolute greatest of all time. Um, the New Japan roster is Fujinami, Choshu, Koshinaka, Kensuke, Izuka, Nishimura, Brian Johnson. There's a fucking name nobody's gonna know. Uh, Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata, Yutaka Yoshie, Masa Saito. Team 2000 is Chono, Tenzan, Kojima, Kanimoto, and Akira, uh, Tatsura Shigoto, Michiyoshi Ohara, Hira Saito, and Scott Norton, Super J, Jado, Gedo, and again, Scott Hall. Uh, in terms of the junior heavyweights, you have Jushin Thunder Liger, El Samurai, Kendo Kashin, Minoru Tanaka, Shinya Makabe, and Dr. Wagner Jr., in addition to The Bat, uh, whoever the fuck that guy is. Uh, in terms of Zero One, you have Hashimoto, Otani, and Takaiwa. 
this is a huge roster for a licensed Game Boy Advance game. Like, an absolutely massive fucking roster. Um, to unlock all of the, like, Grappler M and Wrestler insert letter here, guys, you basically just have to beat the game multiple times. I never unlocked any of the the uh, the hidden wrestlers. Do you know if they have like um, appearances that are close to the who they're supposed to be, or they or they just like completely different? I never beat the game. I will say that right now. I knew that there were unlockables because I think somebody. My first exposure to like, hey, there's more characters than like what's on the select screen was I actually think somebody on fire pro club posted the roster and i was like hold on a second there chief uh you mean to tell me fucking scott hall's in this goddamn game yeah i've not seen like screenshots or anything of these guys but now i'm kind of wondering if i can just find like a completed save and actually there's a uh a game holy shot shit save. there's a save yeah i'm gonna have to figure this out then at some point. Not right now, though. No. Sorry to anybody listening that wants to hear what Scott Hall looks like in this game. Um, I will I will do my best to eventually answer that question. But also, I have to say, I, I wish... Um, Jason Blackheart dug deep enough into the KOC2 files on Axe Bomber to find that they actually had Scott Hall's trunks in King of Coliseum 2. That's right, yeah. And I wish he was in because he would have had a MIDI version of Ready or Not. Oh, that would have been so cool. And that would have been so dope. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He, he used uh, Cowboy by Kid Rock in New Japan as well. So he might have that. He might have we're had we're that just going to assume he would have had Ready or Not. Yeah. I, I mean, I would much rather him have that. So I, uh, I, I wouldn't complain. If he, I mean, Cowboy is one of the few Kid Rock songs I'll tolerate. But but you already had Ball with the And ball, it's all because it's in Ready to Rumble. And uh that was already in KOC 2 anyway, so we don't need two Kid Rock songs. I'll never get over KOC 2 giving Rampage Jackson Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> Wasn't it like a different it's version such a, as well? It's like... Just hearing MIDI versions like that and like Hearts on Fire from Rocky. Yeah. Just, goddamn. And training that KOC 2 episode is going to be like five and a half hours long. Yeah, well, that's Takata's theme. I, yeah. Who the fuck used Hearts on Fire now that I think about it? God, I don't know. I'm going to end this call and in like four and a half hours I'm going to remember who it was and it's going to fucking drive me up the wall because we won't be able to edit that in. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Token Resident series is like super, super, super underrated and it's also like the Ukes didn't develop the Wonderswan or the Game Boy Advance versions. They developed the console games and they're all good. Like, they're all like if you're one of the people that thinks SmackDown was based on Token Redstone, you're you're wrong, and you need to play these games to kind of get a feel for them. But you, you said it; it's like basic wrestling, which is a lot of what New Japan was like, kind of grounded in. And honestly, I wish it still were. Um, if you want a game that like completely exemplifies what New Japan was at the time it was released, one does a really good job of it. Three is like the definitive '90s New Japan game in my mind. Four does a really good job of kind of explaining the wackiness of like 99 New Japan. Like, I mean, that's a pretty good batting average when there's like three games you can point to that feel like definitive. Like, this is this is what this company was in this time frame. 
kind of games and they're all released within four years of each other imagine if there was a wwf game in 95 96 98 and 99 oh wait no there were so imagine if like three of those four WWF games like exemplified the WWF product the year they were released as well as these games did. Yeah. We would have been much better off. Unfortunately, you have Mania the Arcade game, which was a great representation of 1993. You had In Your House, which is In Your House. Um, you had Attitude and War- or Warzone and Attitude to be like respective and uh, Warzone's more indicative of 97 than 98, and Attitude's more indicative of 98 than 99. These games were, like, the New Japan games felt current to the year they were in. Mm-hmm. And again, 3's the definitive 90's New Japan game. It, it captures everything about one of the most underrated years of New Japan Pro Wrestling's history. That is a fantastic fucking year. I just wish the 96 New Japan game, which was Tokan 2, was as good as 3, because 96 is my favorite year of New Japan. But you can't really go wrong with any of these games. And also, go in with the expectation that you're playing a PlayStation 1 wrestling game. Yeah, absolutely. You, you probably won't be disappointed. Well, I mean, there's the people that are like, well, I, I played I played No Mercy for the first time this year, and I don't think it's that good. Well, you have brain worms, for one. And, and two, like, you can't expect a game from decades ago to play like a modern game. That doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. But we should expect modern games to play like games from decades ago, because then they'd be better, because games used to be better. Now they suck. Um, like, again, my thing with these games is that, and I've said it like five times during this podcast, but just getting the basics down, you know, all these new games, they... They say we want to be like this, but what do they end up really talking about? It's we're gonna have this, we're gonna have that, we're gonna have cage, we're gonna have ladder matches, we're gonna have barbed wire, we're gonna have this, and that. I just want you to get the basics down first. Like obviously that's where you have to start with, but they 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 forget that part of it when they talk about these games. And that's what you know, Token Ratsudan did. That's what Virtual Pro. Just get your your fundamentals down first. That's what I want to see. I want to see your basic grapple system. I want to see your, your grapples and your your Irish rip whips and stuff like that before you start talking about those features. Yeah, that stuff is nice, and I'd like that stuff, but let us see the basic gameplay, which is kind of yeah, what Fight for Arrow I... did. You know, they just put out a standard match. And the gameplay we saw looked great. And even yeah. the AI versus AI matches we saw looked great, which, if I'm being honest, that's not typical of UX AI. Their AI is usually pretty bad. But um, the the... Fight Forever's AI looks wonderful, and if they could, you know, maybe take that engine and make a new entry in this series, even though it wouldn't play anything no. like the older games, I think I think we're long overdue for the King of Sports to return to uh, Ukes or vice versa. I think if you're doing it, uh, we don't need Ukes to own them again. But no, absolutely not. But I think if you're doing a new Japan game, then I wouldn't. If they were doing it with the the Fight Forever engine. I wouldn't want it to be called Tokon Ratsudan because it's too far away from that with it being more of a an Aki-style game. I mean, it, it, visually, it looks more like a, a Wrestle Kingdom, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't want it to be called Tokon Ratsudan. I mean, at the end of the day, what does it really matter? But maybe come up with something else. I suppose it doesn't, but I just, I want I want a new uh, I want a new Japanese wrestling game, for Christ's sake. And the thing is, too, if uh, they were to Fire do... Pro World is amazing. Uh, I don't want licensed Fire Pro. It, I mean, it's, it's cool that we have it. It's like, ki- kind of 
sad that you could do a New Japan game in 2023 and it may sell the same as if it had all the other promotions as well. Like All Japan and, and Noah and because really, do you think those... I, you know what, though? I think it sells better if you have uh, the cyber fight companies under the umbrella, too. You think so? I mean, New Japan's run two shows in t- uh, two years with Noah at Yokohama Arena. And both shows did fairly well. Hmm. I think there's there's something there. But, like, I as much as I hate to say this, I don't think the fucking All Japan license means shit at this no. point. It it would like, absolutely not. You know, let, let me let me put it this way: in, in Wrestle Kingdom, um, in Wrestle Kingdom one, there were like almost no guys from All Japan in that game. Yeah. Like that that All Japan roster was tiny, from what I remember of it. Mm. I think if you if you had all three promotions in a game right now, All Japan would have a fucking tiny roster again. Because other than like other than Kento Miyahara, who the fuck cares about anybody in all Japan? Yeah, a lot of the guys are freelance as well. Like, would the all Japan license make a difference to you, knowing that you're not going to get any like classic all Japan stuff? No, not at all. That's sad. <clears throat> like, if you remember, even like, I mean, Christ, as you just said, Wrestle Kingdom was like they had the old Japan all Japan license, but when I think of like a big deal of, of a wrestling game having all the different promotions would be like All-Star Pro Wrestling 2. All Japan wasn't even in that game. It was New Japan No One Zero One, But that was like a big deal at the time, right? Like all the Japanese games under, all the Japanese promotions under one game, essentially. And then, yeah, All, all Japan would be Wrestle Kingdom and it was so tiny, as you said, the roster. Yeah, It's that, so that crazy to me lot. that like, we had that run of, um, like multi-promotion Japanese games where it was like, you, you never think that shit's going to end, but you also never really consider that like these games aren't like they're making more. So obviously they're selling. Right. And then you find out that like, in fact, no, no, they weren't. No, those games were not selling very well at all, actually. And it's, it's a shame because like, I love all those games. I um maybe you're right about. The, I mean, I the Wrestle Kingdoms, fight. huh? I, I'm just gonna say like maybe you're right about adding the cyber fight. Maybe that would do something for the numbers if they were to put like a. a well, I think you know what I think honestly. It, if you, you do a multi-license game, you have to have both the Bushi Roads companies, right? So New yeah. Japan and Stardom. And Cyber Fight's got a Joshi company with really good wrestlers. So add DDT and Noah because you would get you would get guys like Akiyama. Yeah. And I, I don't think Takesh does with DDT anymore on like a contract basis, but I mean you could probably figure out a way to worm him into that game. Obviously with Noah you get Kaito, you get um like Yoshinari Ogawa, you would get Keno, Kasuko Nakajima, the whole Congo stable. Um you would get like uh Atsushi, uh, ah, God damn it. Atsushi Kotoge, I think he's still there. Uh, Daisuke Hirata is still there. He's fantastic. You would get, in theory, you'd have access to guys like Kazuki Fujita 
and uh, Sakuraba, which I know people groan when they hear Fujita's name. Kiss my ass. I love Fujita. Um, I, like You have a lot of big names from the previous generation. If you sign the deal early enough, you might get Mudo, too. Right. Though I wonder if... And I don't care... I wonder if they would be able to put Sodom and Tokyo Joshi in the same game, because I think there's a lot of blo- uh, bad blood. I don't think those two promotions like each other, which is funny because obviously New Japan and Noah work well, together. But Well, maybe Rossi Ogawa should get the fuck over himself and quit being a pervert. Yeah, probably. Just, a, part, just a thought. No, but if you notice it, like I um... New Japan will work with Noah, but there's never any interaction between Stardom and, and Tokyo Joshi Pro. It's true, yeah. What is that New Japan Battle in the Valley show? Anyways, is that today? Is it? No, it's not right. When is that fucking show? No, it, it no, it can't be. T- it can't be today, as when we're recording this. That wouldn't make any fucking sense. Because uh, they just they just ran in Osaka yesterday. You, you would be you'd be jet lagging the shit out of. No, it's next week. Okay. I don't know why I had the... Th- I, just, I knew it was on a Sunday. That, that's what it was. I'm already sick of <laughs> Mercedes saying money all the time. But you don't want to rile up the... We don't need the Sasha fans. Oh, I'm not scared of them. I can handle them. Well, you are much braver than I. <laughs> I'm on the pirate ship with Kyrie. I can get over the Sasha fans. <laughs> um... So figure talk this week. I have no idea what's happened in the world of Oh well Jada Toy Street Fighter went up while I was at the hospital on Thursday. Yeah, I'm waiting for Amazon I, I, to get them up. So I do I don't remember a lot of Thursday, but I do remember like sitting waiting to be seen by the doctor and messaging one of my friends on Instagram, like, Hey, uh, can you like if if these fucking things go up uh like anytime soon, can you send me the link? Cause like I'm sitting here at the hospital and they're trying to figure out if I need to go to fucking occupational health or like the ER. And he's, he, he just responded with like, are you okay? And I, I guess I said something effective like, yeah, I just, I don't want to miss out on these pre-orders. And obviously the pre-orders didn't sell out. No, uh, they're, they're both still up. So I, I've, I love big bad toy store. They're great. Um, I pre-ordered two of each of Ryu and Fei Long. Uh, one in box, one out of box. These things, it, it, the picture we were seeing now are like basically the final versions of these figures. They look phenomenal. Yeah. Um, completely pinless, so no pins on the elbows or the knees. Um, incredible like articulation and flexibility. Like, there's the picture of Phalonk basically doing a kick straight up in the air, and uh, he comes with like a flame effect for his leg for the. Uh, I think it's called the Shinkyaku. Um, Ryu comes with a stand and a Hadoken effect, and you can pose him throwing the Hadoken. Uh, it just these figures are so cool. Chun Li's coming later. I they didn't specify what the issue is with her. Uh, Big Bad has them listed for a June ship. Um, I believe Entertainment Earth has them slated for July. They're going to be showing figures off this week at the Capcom Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that thinks they might have some for sale, so you might see some like with an insane markup on eBay this week. Um, but yeah, I bring on bring on the wave two pre-orders. Uh, Ken, 
Bison or Vega Dictator, whatever you want to call him, and uh, Dalsim, I'll buy all of them as well. I'm really curious to see who they do in Wave Three because if Wave Three gives us like DJ Balrog and and Geef, that's that's like ball game for me. I need all three of them. Uh, I need I need everybody uh, in this game's roster. I think I mentioned this previously when we talked about these, but someone on I think it was the Foosh said you could basically get the entire line for five hundred dollars, like the entire Street Fighter Two roster, which that sounds like a lot on the surface, but when you factor in, it's like 17 characters. That's really like, you're, you're not getting 17 characters from storm collectibles for $500. No, no fucking way. And I, I love the storm figures. They're amazing. They're super detailed, but they're also fucking gigantic and they're also fucking expensive. Yeah. These, um, I mean, I found the Iron Man, the retro-carded Iron Man that they did, and that's basically just Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Iron Man. Yeah, I think they were doing it in, like, the same schedules, right? Yep, that was uh, one of the things, was that June from um, Jada Toys showed off Ryu, and I think he might show off Ken next to the deluxe retro Iron Man. And also... That Iron Man comes with like the giant fucking cannon that he has in MVC. So, yeah, I, I gotta get that. I if we get all of the Street Fighter Two characters and they decide to branch out to like Third Strike, give me Hugo, please. That that's a figure I'd give me Hugo with his throne with the triple crown belts on it from fucking Third Strike. <laughs> I want that shit. Um. I mean, there's characters from Street Fighter Four I'd like. I don't really give a fuck about Five. I mean, if they could, if they could go back and make like Street Fighter One versions of some of the characters, that'd be cool. Um, I'll also go on the record here and say I will buy damn near every repaint they make of Sagat. I'm still mad at myself that I missed out on the so Storm Collectibles missed their ship window big time with Sagat, so I just canceled my pre-order for it because I'm an idiot. And uh, I wish I hadn't. That figure is amazing. It's like gigantic and it's like $120 now. But if Jada makes him, he's going to be like 30 or 35. So they're not as high quality as Storm, but these still are like really, really, really nice figures. And also, everybody who has the uh, Jada Toys Universal Monsters says they're basically like Hasbro quality. And that's like two big thumbs up for me because Hasbro makes really good shit. Um, in terms of wrestling figures, we had the we um, saw the Zombie Sailor Retro Road Warriors this week. Yeah, and uh, those look amazing. Yeah, and I I can't wait to. See. For anyone who hasn't seen them, they're NWA Road Warriors. Um, so they yep, got the... and someone pointed out that the pads have like metal hooks on them, so there's going to be chains on the front of the pads. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was interesting because as as we had talked about um, earlier in the week, um, Chella showed off a uh, SummerSlam nineteen ninety two animal, and Zombie Sailor had showed off a sketch of Hawk with the uh, the WWE two K um, head as reference. So it was kind of curious. As yeah, to, somebody's created a wrestler. Yeah, sort of like what was going on with the licensing, but we can see now that obviously. Uh, Zombie Sailor is releasing both Road Warriors in the, their 80s getup. I still hope that the Chella um, Legion of Doom from 92 comes out, and I hope they look good because that would be a nice, like a, I suppose you could say, a companion set um, to have that uh, SummerSlam 92 as well. But we'll see. 
Who knows with Shala, right? Also, I'm uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something that may make Hasbro diehards mad. Uh-oh. Uh oh, the Road Warriors are like top three favorite tag team of all time for me. Yep. I never liked the Hasbro LOD figures because the pads didn't come off. So like, okay, if Hawk does the fucking clothesline, he's just gonna like, he's gonna kill the other guy. <laughs> yeah, I never owned them. My my friends had them, but I could never find them myself. My mom bought them for me from uh, the company that eventually became Wrestling Superstore. Like one year, I'm guessing this was around tax time, but like my mom bought me like a couple hundred dollars worth of Hasbro's out of that catalog, and I came home to this giant fucking box sitting on the front step, and like. There's the Road Warriors, Sergeant Slaughter, the Yellow Singlet, Mister Perfect, the Natural Disasters, uh, Brutus Beefcake Number Two. Uh, that's like the white tights one. Fucking great figure. And there's a couple other figures in there too. It was like the biggest, the biggest like package I'd ever gotten in the mail. I still have like all of those figures. Most of them have like smoke and light damage now, which sucks because that Brutus Beefcake's worth a lot of money. But what can you do? I actually um. So my all my Hasbro's were on top of my fridge in my apartment, and I took all of them off and cleaned them all this week, just with, with water, so they're all nice and sparkly. That's when I took the comparison pictures between the um, the Mattel Retros and the Hasbro's, and when you compare them, it's it's crazy. I, like just looking at them, you don't realize sort of how deformed some of those Mattel Hasbro's are, like. Greg Valentine's head is for the new retro is ginormous compared to the original Greg Valentine. Yeah, it's it's crazy looking at them side by side. Um, the one that's like the most comparable to the Hasbro's is uh, Doink. Doink is 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 yeah the Doink spot on. I I like the Doink. I yeah. saw like um, Matt Cardona posted pictures of like tugboat next to the resin prototype, mm-hmm. uh, Doink next to the hand painted prototype, and uh, Greg next to Rhythm and Blues Greg. And the only one that I thought looked good next to the counterpart was Doink. Yeah. That Greg figure sucks. I'm sorry. The Luger is fucking terrible. That tugboat is like shameful. Yeah, I mean, just not a fan of of this line, man. Yeah, I. I... I don't know, like, there's some that I think that they do a really good job on, like like we just said, the the Doink, and there's other ones that are pretty good too, like, the Savage isn't great, but it's alright, um, like, the Rock and Stone Cold are okay, and then there's ones like the Valentine, and, God, you know, I'm gonna say Jim Neidhart again, that are just, like, so off the mark, Jimmy Hart is way too wide, it just doesn't make any sense. Jimmy like, Hart's just a fucking repainted gene okerland there's no there's no scale as far as to like even if you just discount that like the height there's no scale as when it comes to like like weight distribution and and how big a wrestler should be like why the fuck is jimmy hart like two no, but, times the size of jim Nighthart? it doesn't make any sense because they told the body for fucking gene okerland and they don't care I I liked the line initially because it was cool to get like an approximation of like a Hasbro Brock Lesnar with the freaking gorilla press action. That's so cool. Yeah. But then it was like the more come out, you just realize like these aren't detailed at all. Like the Hasbros have like great sculpting on them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. These suck. Which I hate to go back to this, but I'm gonna put them over because it's you know it's a day that ends in Y. I, I know Zombie Sailor had the issues with the tattoos on the Danhausen, and that sucks. The factory should have sealed them. There's there's no way around that. 
but if you're trying to argue who has the most Hasbro like figures in terms of like just doing detailed, like really nice detailed sculpting, it's zombie. Nobody else is close. Because everybody else thinks the Hasbros were like these cartoonish, like blobby Fisher Price kind of figures, and they're not. Matt Cardona said it when they talked to Zombie once, like, look at the Mattel Retro Warrior next to the fucking Hasbro Warriors. Like, the paint might not be the most detailed on the Hasbro figures, but those Warrior figures are so fucking detailed in terms of the sculpting. And, um, that's one of the big things Zombie brings to the table. And I really hope we get a teaser for the six inch line this week. I'm super stoked for those. Um, hopefully, I say it every time, hopefully he leans more towards ECW with that line. Yeah. He should just lean more towards ECW with the retro line too, because he's got a bunch of ECW guys signed and I want them all. I don't think anything else significant happened with action figures this week. We had unless the I'm missing Los, Los Conquistadors reveal from uh, KWK. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah, those look all right. Yeah, I, I'm personally not interested in them myself, but they look cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit about them. Oh, we we do have to talk about this because there were AEW figure reveals on the Jericho cruise. Um, so I've been told. And this could obviously change. I could have been given bad information because my friend could have been given bad information. But I'm friends with somebody who is in regular contact with multiple people who work on the AEW line. And they showed unmatched Series 7 and renders of Series 8, both sets of which have CM Punk. Mm. 7 is the LJN figure, 8 is the ROH figure. I was told, as of a couple of weeks ago... Punk is still coming, they're just not going to advertise his figures. Much like he's still in Fight Forever, they're just not going to advertise his inclusion. Which I think is a little stupid, because you still have him under contract, you're still pushing out fucking t-shirts of his. Let people know he's in the fucking game, they'll buy it. Yeah. Like, come on, what are we we doing here? Um, But we got reveals for Unmatched Series 7. I don't know what the fuck happened to Pack. Uh, the renders of the head sculpts looked good. What we saw on the Jericho Cruise did not. Uh, we have the Lucha Bros, which are Jazzwares Lucha Bros figures. Those are those are good. Um, I question dropping those around the time of the Supreme figures you're trying to get people to pay $40 for, but yeah, do you. Uh, Thunder Rosa, which is a good figure. I don't really give a shit about this figure. Um, but it's a good figure. If I was going to buy a Thunder Rosa, I'd probably just buy the Supreme, provided that still comes out. Um, and then the last figure from Unmatched Series 7 we saw, uh, they sent Hook, and the way oh, the boy. paint app is done on the face of this figure, it looks like a fucking anime figure. He does! He looks like he's right out of Kingdom Hearts or something. Yeah, I, they need to fix the paint apps on the faces of these figures, and there's yeah. there's no, no way around that. Um... Unmatched Series 8, we saw like a Street Gear Malachi Black, perfectly okay looking figure. We saw a render of Brody King. I am going to wait until I see the final version of this figure because there's too much that can go wrong in production with Jazzwares. We saw Buddy Matthews. Does anybody possibly give a shit? Uh, there's a Penta Oscuro figure coming out. Uh, it looks cool, I guess. Uh, they showed Abaddon, and the Abaddon figure looks awesome. Unfortunately, they have not been on TV. Since, like, I want to say around Halloween 2021, it feels like, which is how, how do you not book them on the like Halloween rampage? How does that 
how how does it make any sense to to do that? I I don't know. Like there's there's so many, I don't know. there's so many talent of the AEW contract that we never see that are on like dark and elevation, and I'm just like, well, what's the purpose even having these people under contract anymore? Remember when the trust bus Unrival was thirteen? We saw. Yeah, now they're like, like I guess with Mark Sterling for like a week. No, it was it was like a month. Was it? And then they I... put uh, Young Brock with Swerve, and then yeah. that was it. And then they were like, "Hey, Sonny Kiss is um, a member," and then they just sort of just forgot about it. So we saw Unrivaled thirteen, uh, Danhausen. Uh, love that Danhausen, very nice, very evil, cool looking render. Again, you, you got to wait till these things are actually in hand because. Sometimes the renders will look good, and then you'll see the hand-painted prototypes at, like, a fan fest, and they'll look like shit. And then you'll see the final production samples at hand, and it's, like, a 50-50 if they look good or if they look like shit. Mm. Um, Sting with a soft goods jacket. It's about fucking time. I probably will have to buy this purely because it has a soft goods jacket, but also it's it's Sting. Fuck it. Um, Darby Allen with a uh, screaming head scan. They're using the same fucking shorts mold on him, and it always looks weird because he doesn't wear those kind of shorts anymore, but uh, this figure has, like, the spinal tattoo. Uh, Screaming Head's cool. Uh, Again, you guys see the final product. Uh, We saw the Wardlow, which has the alternate head with, like, his, like, hair let down, and he's, like, yelling. Cool-looking figure. If the final product looks good, I'll buy it. I like Wardlow. He's good. Um, and then the set is rounded out with Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. The Butcher figure looks really cool. Um, the Blade looks like a bald white dude in leather pants, and the Bunny looks cool. Again, broken record. You have to see these things when they're done. It's way too early. When you see the renders, it makes no sense to judge them based on the renders. Speaking of renders, the Supreme Lucha Bros ship in a few weeks, and Ringside updated with 3D renders of the figures. I have zero clue why we are a month out from this figure shipping and we're not seeing the final products of them. The renders look cool, and I'm I'm sure the figures are going to look nice. They they always seem to do a good job with the Lucha Bros, but the, this shit's got to stop. The AEW side, the Jazzware side, they both need to... I mean, give, given the fact we're having issues with the video game on the AEW side and the toy line on the AEW side, it, I'm, I'm sure, you know there's a lot of nice people working in the merch department and the licensing department. They all need to fucking, they all need to find out what a pink slip looks like. Um, unrivaled series 14. There's swerve, big Keith, Ricky Starks, Tony storm, the acclaimed and daddy ass. No pictures of the figures, just pictures of the wrestlers. Um, unmatched series nine. There's uh John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Wheeler, Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, Alex Reynolds, um, Jamie Hayter, and Captain Insano on Luminaries packaging. I was going to ask about um, the Luminaries line. Yeah, so uh, Captain Insano is replacing William Regal. That probably should be noted. Mm. Um, Jamie Hayter is replacing Tony Storm, who got shifted over to Unrivaled uh, Series 14. They also announced a Jericho micro brawler for next year's cruise. I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm not even sorry. I I just, I don't give a fuck. It's Chris Jericho who gives a shit. I guess people are getting the figure collections, Gangrel and Luna. The Gangrel looks really cool. My Gangrel should be here in a few days. 
I would like to know if it's any good when you get it. It looks cool in pictures. Um, if I had, if I had space for like Attitude Era guys in Hasbro form, I'd probably be all over this, but I don't, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I, I don't have space anymore. They're on top of my microwave on fridge right now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've just rapidly run out of room, so I've got to be teensy bit more selective with what i'm buying i also um one of my friends was just happened to go to their target last week and they found the found the raw 30th anniversary box set and they sent me one i got it um that undertaker figure is the best undertaker figure i've ever seen i also got the variant with like the tattered sleeves Mm -hmm. very cool um no true effects facial printing on razor and one two three kid which i think is really really strange it's also like the shitty old razor head sculpt. So like when the ultimate edition comes in, just pop, pop the head off the green attire razor, throw an ultimate head on it. And I'm in business. Um, one, two, three kid has elbow pads, which is weird, but like take the hands off, pop the elbow pads off, put the hands back on. Congrats. It's accurate. Uh, he has the L kid gimmick on the back of his, uh, the back of his gear, which I never thought I would see. Like, I remember wanting that attire so badly in the classic superstars line, but being like, they're not going to put the, the lightning kid name on the back and that they fricking did it on the Mattel one. So hats off to them. Mm-hmm. I still think it's weird. They did the 95 to 97 raw letters, uh, entrance and then just packed a bunch of figures from 1993 in there with it, but I'm not going to complain too hard. The figures are good. Um, the raw letters are cool. I like that. They're doing a lot of stuff to complement the new generation arena. And for the longest time, it felt like they were putting out stuff specifically that catered more to the the raw letters stuff, like the Farouk figure, the goon. Those guys did not appear with the neon entrance. Um, but now there's the raw letters, so you can you can have the setup with those guys if you if you so choose. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a very slow week in terms of news on figures too, and there's no toy fair in February anymore. It's been um, moved to the fall, so we'll see. We'll see how much news we get coming up soon. Hopefully, next week we have another uh, six-inch zombie figure to to talk about. Yeah, that would be nice. But that's that's it. Feels like that's it for the. Oh, we should also note the um, the Street Fighter figures. They come in like arcade cabinet style packaging and each character has their stage yeah and each character has the their um their stage as the background so ryu's got his stage phalong's got the uh the garden in the background that's a really cool idea it's it's gonna look really cool when you get like dj with his stage in the background or even like chun li or uh bison bison's will look cool uh dal sims will look cool too these are Honestly, out of everything that's coming out right now, these Street Fighter figures, especially with their price point and the uh, the quality and the detail, these are probably like my favorite line right now. And if I had to pick one line that I was going to consistently collect going forward, this probably would be it. Yeah. The... Uh, these these things are so good. Yeah, I'm excited to see them actually, you know, come out because everything about them looked great. So. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of surprised that Jada toys were even break because they they do like the little metal figures, and I remember they did the Street Fighter ones. Yeah, uh, several years ago, to see this level of quality on like actual 
like six inch action figures from them is just it's fantastic and i hope again i hope we get beyond even street fighter 2 give me as many characters as you can but you know my, my pipe dream is eventually it does well enough to give us um uh saturday night slam masters because oh. goddamn goddamn don't put that yeah. in my head no or like final fight i just i just want a hagger figure for christ's sake god they need to just Shout like to... they need to bring slum masters back if they're gonna make the figures they i'm need to shocked just that relaunch the whole damn thing i'm shocked they haven't like wrestling sort of popular again you're friends with kenny omega see that was one of the things when they didn't have a publisher announced for fight forever i honestly thought kenny might have tried to like get capcom on board with it because yeah. at that point it's not that far-fetched to be like hey you guys did a wrestling game 30 years ago do you want to let us like fucking do a slam masters dlc pack and i'll tell you right now i would have paid a shitload of money for that they I just fucking um, love that game so much they released it a few months ago on their like capcom arcade thing majiggy too so that's right that's right i wanted to buy it purely to play those games again but I do not think I have the money to buy it at this moment in time. Capcom Arcade Stadium. That's what it yeah. was called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Wait, I did wish that really come would. out in, in 2021? Um, no, because I remember watching some, maybe it was Nintendo Nintendo presentation last year and it was part of that. I think they originally they, they did them in like waves, right? So I think the Slam Masters um, one was released sometime last year, like late last year. Oh wow! On my birthday last year, and ah, nobody gifted me a copy of this. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> um, wait, did they piece these games out? As oh, the arcade itself is free on Switch, but you have to pay a buck ninety nine for the games. Yeah. Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, you get like a you can download it and then it's like you just switch from cabinet to cabinet. And then you purchase you can purchase the games and like packages. Okay, separately. so So I'm about to turn my PS5 off. Uh we're about to about to load that switch up and pay two dollars for Saturday Night Slam Masters. I know what the fuck I'm doing today. Hell yeah. One of these days we gotta cover that game and it's like batshit insane fighting game sequel, because those those games are so cool. I mean, I, technically, there's three of them because there's uh the original Muscle Bomber, and then there's uh what's the fucking what's the second one called? So like Muscle Bomber Duo, isn't it? So Muscle Bomber Tag, yeah, Tag or Duo. It's one of those two. And then um the third game, which is technically Slam Masters Two, is called a uh, Ring of Destruction or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and that's uh. That's the game with the Hulk Hogan guy from the first game that you never actually get to fight. Yeah, was it? Is it Orte- Ortega? Something like that, yeah. I always wondered why the fuck, like, if you beat the game on hard, he comes out to challenge you, but you never, you can't fight him. Sequel bait, that's why. The sequel's not even a wrestling game, though. Was it, was it the second one, like, Muscle Bomber Duo, The Body Explosion or something like that? Yeah, some yeah. What a great yeah, title! Yeah, because yeah, yeah. um, I remember in an E Fed in like 2006, 
uh, I had to give my character's uh, finisher a name, and I called it the uh, the body explosion. Hell yeah! And uh, his signature was the axe bomber, which I called the muscle bomber. <laughs> There's a and uh... I may or may not have for the picture for my character just used Biff Slamkovich. Well, he did rule in that game. Him and uh, Gunlock were a great tag team. You know what's weird though is I. I, I never I never actually played as him, which is the, the fucking weirdest part. It's a great name either way. Nothing against him, like Yeah. Alexander the Greater. Yes. Which is a play on Alexander the Great, but also Greater is a play on Vader. Vader yeah. Great Oni. Scorpion. There's a uh, uh fucking what was the little lucha guy called? Stingray? Yeah. There's a picture of me and Jushin Funda Lega and I'm wearing a Capcom Wrestling Association t shirt that I made. And as soon as he saw it, he was like, oh, Copcom, video games. And I was like, yeah. Did he Did he tell you he loved Biff Slamkovich? No, I wish. He was just like, Copcom. I was like, oh, yeah, Liger plays Copcom games. Cool. <laughs> Shoutouts to Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. Shoutouts to... The greatest junior heavyweight of all time. Shoutout to Rick Steiner, who put it in line in front of me and, and Liger and him had a hug fest. <laughs> well, I mean, if somebody's going to cut... Cut in front of you. There's way worse people than the dog face grandma. Yeah, I wasn't going to see a shit to Rick Steiner. So this Capcom Arcade Collection gimmick has uh, Hyper Street Fighter 2 mm-hmm. and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 as well. And due to my Nintendo points, I'll have everybody listening to the snow before I, I bid you all adieu. I'm getting Saturday Night Slam Masters, Super Puzzle Fighter 2, Turbo, Street Fighter Alpha 2, and Hyper Street Fighter 2 for the whopping price of $6.53. Damn. I should buy Slum Masters yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a good thing my... Because it, you know, maybe it doesn't do anything, but to show support for that game, be like, hey, Capcom, get off your ass and bring Slum Masters back. We gotta, we gotta like, bully Kenny Omega into bullying Capcom to bring that shit back. Because that's the only way we're gonna do it. And put more wrestlers in that Yakuza. fucking nerd. Yeah, yeah, I want Shibata in... In like actual Shibata and not just like a card that says you have Shibata on your team. Yeah. I want El Samurai and, and Samurai Yakuza. Just shows up with his mask. I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? He's got like, a, doesn't he have like a really hoarse voice too? He could be him and like. Yeah, he has like a real like noticeable smoker's voice. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know, Shiro Koshinaka and his butt bump. I want Shiro Koshinaka as a villain in Dark Souls. That would rule. He just hits you with his ass the whole time? Yeah, that might have been the most fucked up thing I've said in a long time, and I think that's probably a perfect place to... (laughs) It's probably the the best place to end this episode. So next week, we'll be covering more more New Japan Pro Wrestling games. We haven't haven't decided if we're going to veer into the N64 games, which are notoriously difficult to emulate, but are like a little bit better to emulate now than they were. Or if we're going to talk about the excellent 16-bit games that I am terrible at. But rest assured, for the next, probably like, what, three or four episodes, we're going to stick with the King of Sports? Yep. Something like, yeah, probably something like that. So with that said, I'm Mongo. He's Liger Busa. This was episode 15 of Critical History Pro Wrestling Games. You take care. We'll see you next time. And never forget, Enoki's the GOAT.